You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. My Mac Podcasts, 543. What if Steve Jobs had never left Apple? You're listening to the G-Men on the MyMac.com podcast. And welcome, everyone, to the MyMac.com podcast. This is number 543 of something. You know, it's, it's, it's an insane asylum that we invite you to each and every week. And every once in a while, we invite someone else to join us. And this week, because Gaz couldn't be here, I've got... James Turner from woodpat.co.uk. And for a long time, I had to have that written down because I couldn't remember it because I am a blonde from Florida. How you doing this week, James? Not so bad. Pretty good. Thanks. How are you? <laughs> we, we had so much fun getting set up for the podcast this week. So, yeah, so, so many, many problems. So, so have you had... I've got soundboard walking. Yeah, 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 which is always you – know, you're one of the few guests that we ha- – you and Carl Madden are, are the two guys that we know that if we invite onto the show, we'll have soundboard and we'll be ready. <laughs> we'll do our best. Yeah, I like it. I like it. So scout, you say you've got to be prepared. It looks like you've had some, some a few problems this week. Yeah, sort of. We had some um, – early on in the week, I was just trying to – I can't remember what I was looking for particularly, but just surfing, looking for something at work and trying to get some um, stuff sorted out. And Safari would not load stuff. There was all sorts of pages, just wouldn't load everything. And I thought, well, this is odd. Because, you know, generally the internet was fine. Email was coming in. And um, and it would work in Chrome or Firefox. So, so When you were having problems in both of them? Yeah. I mean, well, no, it was just Safari. And it was major websites, things like Royal Mail, which is a, um, the place that does all the post in the UK. Uh, PayPal wouldn't load. It just said you used to get you get the uh, Safari cannot find the server, which is odd, um, and would work fine with Chrome and Firefox. But apparently, it turned out there was a there was a, a Google DNS problem early on in the week, which Safari uses. Um, Google's DNS to find DNS, basically. Yeah, well, that works out well. <laughs> so so um, I used, um, I dug out Namebench, which I hadn't used for years, actually, and that updated. Um, and it took about, I think it took almost two hours to sort out what was the best DNS for me to use at the time um, because it was so slow. Because I think I was plugged into Google's DNS, which was probably also the possible problem. Um, and it recommended I use uh, OpenDNS, which is what I've actually got here at home, because uh, well, it was 107% faster than my current DNS. Well, isn't isn't OpenDNS the one that, that comes stock with Safari? And that you have to kind of change know. it to Google DNS, or, or am I, I wrong with that? I, mean, I don't know if you can change Safari itself, um, 
but somebody on Twitter said that apparently Apple used Google DNS to sort to, to root. But I wouldn't have thought that you'd just think that your own DNS would... I don't know. I'm not sure how that works, really. But, but anyway, um, I got it sorted in the end. I changed the DNS and it was fine. But, um, but I think Google's, Google's DNS servers were having issues. I think the... Um, Name bench came reported back that it was been hijacked of some sort. Oh, great! Yeah. It's not. It's not like a hijack, but it just wasn't working properly, basically. So I swapped the um, swaps over to standard Open DNS, and it was all right. Because at home, we, my router is plugged into uh, Open DNS, but it's on the child-friendly Open DNS rather than the standard Open DNS. Uh, so it blocks. Certain things. Unpleasant things, yes. <laughs> and uh, we'll let you whitelist other stuff if you need to as well. And the best, the best thing is you can uncheck them late at night. Yes, well, what I actually do with my devices, I stick Google's DNS into my devices. Um, so it bypasses that anyway. So everybody else who's on, straight on the router just gets that DNS, but I get my own. So you're, you're practicing safe DNS, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, apparently I haven't been because I have been getting all kinds of pop-up tabs trying to get me to download M Player X, which uh, yeah, and that in itself is is a um, is malware. Yeah. And as well as uh, fake Flash installers, and I'm getting it in both uh, Google's Chrome and my safari browser and i've got um you know i, I have clamex yep and run that a couple times because i run that once a week and i also downloaded avast to give them a try but now this is this is weird when i went to run avast it said oh well you've got clamex and, and we can't run unless you uninstall that yeah and i was yeah. like i was like really really yeah. Yeah, not going to do that. You were saying you've got, you run uh, Clamex once a week. You yes. haven't got the Sentry built in, which basically scans everything as it lands. So all emails as it comes in, it will scan it as it drops in. Well, I've got the version that comes on the Mac App Store, and I don't know if that's got that on there. Oh, I don't know. I think I got mine from there. Well, Yeah, because I had an update the other day. Let me look I think, here. I'm going to go ahead and open up right here know, live think, on the show. When it, I think when I last updated it, it said, oh, you haven't got a current version of Climax Century. Do you want to install it? I just click less. So I can't remember if it's from the Mac App Store or not. Well, how do you... Well, if you're not updating it from the Mac App Store, then you didn't get it from the Mac App Store. I don't remember. Let's have a look. Don't you love the Mac App Store? Yeah. <laughs> you must be signed in to view your purchase. I was as far as I was aware. Well, anyway, uh, it's it's yeah. an ongoing thing. If if anybody yep. knows of a uh, a good way, or if anybody knows what type of um, you know files I should be looking for that that's causing this, yeah, let me know in all the usual ways that that because I've I've googled the crap out of this, and I'm getting lots of conflicting information. And it's just it's just not working properly for me. And you know, I mean, right now all I'm doing is every time one of those stupid little 
windows pops up, I, I either click it. Some of them you can't even click away. You, you, I have to go into and it's you know, whether I'm in Safari or the Chrome browser and <clears throat> go into the menu to close that window. Because they do all kinds of little tricks to get you to download it. Now you still now the Mac is still you know OS ten is still smart enough. Even if you've downloaded something, it's not going to auto install it. You still have to go and yeah, find that DMG file, double click yeah. it, put in your password, and all the rest of that. Which I have no intention of doing. But just the fact that it's using my bandwidth yeah. just hacks me off. Saying about you can close the close the window or the dialogue or something. You remember years ago, might have even been on System Six. There was a, a a bit of software that was just for a laugh. It was a window, and every time you move near it, the window moves, so you can yeah, shut the box. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Ah, yeah. oh, I used to love that. Oh, anyway, um, <laughs> so please, please, if anybody knows how to get rid of this, you know, let me know, or or what yeah. it is I should be looking for because it it's. You know, it, it's a, it's only an annoyance since it isn't going to make me install it. Um, and I wonder if I wonder if half of that is, well, if you install me, I'll stop bugging you. So people do it just to get it to stop bugging them. Yeah, yeah. Which, You've searched all over your system for anything, I suppose, and you can't find it. Yeah, but I, you know, it, because some of this stuff is, and, and I am not a programmer, and I don't necessarily know exactly what it is that I'm supposed to be looking for. So with that in mind, how do you find something that you don't know how to find? Yeah, that's the problem. Because if they're clever enough, they're not going to call it what they're calling it somewhere else. Yeah, it's not like I can just do a search for, you know, M player X virus, click me to get rid of me. You know, <laughs> That would and, be nice. Well, I, I don't think I would trust that either. <laughs> It'd be like, yeah, 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 just click this and I'll go away. It's like, no, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't believe you. Maybe I'll have to I'll have to get a hold of Dave over to Matt Geek Gab and, and yeah he'll have, it yeah yeah he's he he's a smart fella not like not like me anyway what it, what <laughs> it needs is um, love yeah yeah exactly and you or, have to tell it to I'll just go and tell them to fornicate off yeah yeah because right now I'm feeling. <laughs> Anyway, uh, <laughs> going over to there's there's really not much over at uh, mymac.com this week. The only thing that's there is uh, tech fan number one ninety six uh, audio engine B two. This and this was with Tim and Owen. I just listened. I was listening to this today, as a matter of fact, as I was coming back from my favorite electronics store that doesn't sponsor this show, Micro Center. So please, Micro Center, if you're listening, or if anybody from Micro Center is listening, sponsor the damn show. All right, we need the money. Um, TechFan 196 Audio Engine B2. The featured product for this episode is the Audio Engine B2 B2 Premium Bluetooth Speaker. Is this $299 speaker what you've been waiting for? Also, great feedback from listeners as well as a discussion on Pixelmator. Um, d- 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 and I just listened to this. Bab- D-Babalizer? D-Babalizer? Batch file processing, Alex's Apple Orchid Open Doc, and a whole lot more. And if you would like to write for the mighty, mighty MyMac.com website, I almost said podcast yet again, but I didn't. 
please, please send an email to John Nemo, and that can go to Nemo at MyMac.com. And let's get you writing for MyMac.com. Now, over, over in Google+, Plus, there's, uh, there's a picture that uh, MyMac founder and fearless leader Tim Robertson posted from uh, Macworld Expo a couple of years ago that has a really odd bit of left to right symmetry. And if you, if you're a part of the, uh, my Mac podcast, G plus community, uh, you've seen this picture, or if you're a friend of Tim Robertson's at Facebook, cause I think he posted it there as well. I, it's, it's such a funny picture. And unless, you know, it, it wouldn't be something that I would have picked up on unless somebody else had pointed it out to me. But then it's one of those things where once you see it, you can't unsee it. <laughs> and it pro- and it's now official that Carl Madden from the Mac and Forth podcast is taller than me by one stinking inch. Just one. It must take some doing. Well, he's well, I'm 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 like just about six six. I I'm actually just a, a sketch under six six. And Carl Madden, I believe, who I've never met, though, you know, big surprise i haven't met gaz and i've been doing this podcast with him for over five years um I, he is i think he, i've heard say that he is six foot seven have you ever met carl no that's a that's a tall chat yeah yeah i and there's not many people that i've run into that are taller than me so it it's always kind of weird when i when i run into somebody in person that is actually and that kind of leads to a, a, a real quick, funny story. Uh, my nephew went to the university of Virginia. Uh, he's about my same age and he was, he was on the university of Virginia basketball team at the same time that, and I don't know how many people who remember this guy, Ralph Sampson, who uh, after leaving university of Virginia played for the Houston Rockets for a couple of years, but he's seven foot four inches tall. <laughs> and when my nephew got married, uh, Ralph was kind enough to drive up from Houston. He had a custom-built 928 Porsche that he drove from Houston to Northern Virginia. And when when my nephew went to introduce me, he was he was sitting down and he turned and and my nephew gave him my name and he stood up. And like I said, you know, I'm I'm six foot six. That that's tall. And all of a sudden, I could just feel my neck going. <laughs> it's not it, used to going. This yeah, it, it's not used to going in that direction. <laughs> and it was like, son of a, oh my god, this guy's huge. Yeah, so you know, seven foot four. That's uh, let's see, seven plus four. That's almost a foot taller than me. So yeah, that was that was kind of a weird thing. Uh, why don't you take that next one if you can see it there? Uh, the yes, in the Google Plus feedback. Uh, Speaking of measurements, Alistair Jenks wanted to compare how far Gazzy's OWC Thunderdog had to travel from Las Vegas to his home and got Siri to do it for him with some odd, incomprehensible measuring system like kilometers. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how many people will give me crap for that, but that's okay. <laughs> and the of course, is, you know, yeah. You know that, of course, that Apple always think the UK use kilometers. No, no, um, you guys use uh, miles and yeah, miles per hour see, and all the rest of that. It's, it's weird because we use metric for most things, and then, well, it's like yeah, it's temperature. We generally use centigrade. Most people use fair metric. Well, measuring. we use we use well. No, you you guys use centigrade. Well, okay, so you use centigrade like 
like the rest of those, you know, European devils do. Europe. Yeah. <laughs> but you, but you use miles for the road. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Old. Yeah, well, you guys still have your own money instead of the euro, so maybe that's oh, yeah, part of it too. Job as well. Yeah, as a matter of fact, um, uh, we got into it. Gaz and I got into a discussion last week, and I I kept calling it farthlings, but it's not. It's farlings. <laughs> farthings. Farthings. Yeah, yeah, farthings. yeah. Yes, farthings. And well, I don't remember that, of course, because I'm not old enough. But. Well, I because I I spent some time over in the UK in uh, the mid '80s. And at the time, they I think they had just stopped using the one-pound note. So the smallest paper bill oh, that you yeah. could get was a five-pound note. Yeah, and they had I've the got... they had the one-pound coins, yeah, which yeah, are these huge, seen. huge, thick, really yeah, thick, like heavy coins. I think it was 1983 the pound coin came in. Well, oh, you know what? I'm going to have to take off a little bit of your noise gate because you're starting to break up a little bit. Skype. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, we love Skype here. <laughs> so um, I... I w- in 81 or 80. It was early 80s anyway when the pound coin was in. Oh, when that was when that was introduced? Yeah. I've well, still got a pound note somewhere. When when I was over in the UK, because um, I would get these, you know, I would get shillings, which are, what, two and a half pence? Don't know. Okay. Decimal was 1972, I think. Uh, well, then there was also uh, <coughs> farthlings, far, farthings. Farthings, yes. Farthings, yep. which and one of those is, is like two and a half pence and the other one is 15 pence or something like that. But I had now, – now, pence, I understand pence, okay? 100 pence to a pound. That That's easy to figure out. And then you've got well, it, five – It used to be. I know, but then you've got five pence – 10 pence, 25 pence, 50 pence, you know, to, to uh, yep. a pound, a pound coin. And then I started seeing shillings and I started seeing uh, farthings or farth, whatever, whatever ah, damn it, whatever the hell the name of that. <laughs> Farthing, yeah. Farthings, whatever the farthings, stupid coin yeah. is. Like and the, like the bike, penny farthing. I still have no idea what that means. So, well, but it's it, like the penny was the small bit, or it might have been the big bit. I don't know. And I don't then the farthing was the other one. So it was like the comparison. You know, when you get a penny farthing bike, you got one really huge, where one real tiny one. Well, that was the comparison of the two coins, I believe. I don't <laughs> know, well, I would, I, but I would end up with like all this change, and I had no idea what half of it meant. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, yeah, I, no, I would be, I would be walking to where I was working, and I would stop to get like a Sun newspaper and you know, a moment of silence, please. For the page three girl. <laughs> yeah, I stop that. I know. Oh, no. oh, that was like one of my favorite bits of that news. Anyway, anyway. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple of good things about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, at least two. Um, <laughs> but I would, I would basically reach into my pocket and I would just pull out this handful of, of coins and I would <laughs> tell the newspaper guys, look, look, I don't even know what half of this is. Just, just take as, as, as much as whatever this paper costs, and I will trust you to, you know, not. I'm, I'm sure you rip me. You're going to rip me off a little bit, but where you're not going to grab like, you know, three pound coins and go, oh, there you go, mate, and you know, off I go. So, but that was how I got rid of rid of a lot of a lot of my coins when I was over there in the UK. Um, but that's neither here nor there, or has anything to do with with my Mac or Google Plus or 
any of the rest of it. I just like talking. Did you know that? Tangentially speaking. Yeah. (laughs) Tangentially, and I still can't say that damn word. (laughs) Uh, Nothing particularly new on Twitter. Uh, We didn't get any email feedback or audio feedback. And please, 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 it is so easy to send us audio feedback. You have a recorder right there on your phone. Just hit it, record something, and then hit the little button, and you can mail it to you know to Gaz or myself at Guy or Gaz uh, at uh, mymac.com, and we'll get it. We will play it right here on the show. But I think that's going to do it for the first part of the show. There, uh, <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Yeah, that's what a lot of people seem to say. James, <laughs> do you know what it is we say? <laughs> it's probably the bit where we say "stand by." So stand by. And we'll be right back. Oh, spot on. This is Optimus Prime calling all Autobots. Prime to all Autobots. A new tech fan podcast has been released. Return to base immediately so that we can all enjoy the humans talking about technology. Repeat, Optimus Prime to all Autobots. A new tech fan podcast from Spotlight Network has been released. Return to base immediately. This is Melissa, the Mac Mommy, and I enjoy listening to Guy. Ooh, and Gaz, ooh, on the My Mac podcast. And you should too. And welcome everyone back to the MyMac.com podcast with Guy and James. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's just, it's, you know, you, we say the G men and uh, unless you spell James with a G, it just. Oh, you can, yeah. Oh, can you? Wouldn't that be just like yeah. games? Yeah. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's we. A, it's up, it actually calls me Hammers. Really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know if I'd be friends with that person anymore. How (laughs) dare they? How dare they? He's only a young chap. Yeah, well, youth youth is no excuse. Of course, I have no excuse whatsoever because I still act the way I did. (laughs) And people think I'm a... Never mind. Anyway, uh, what we were going to talk about in this segment was uh, there was was an interview that John Scully did, who's the former CEO of Apple with, uh, I think it's a newspaper in India because he is the CEO of a company that's getting ready to make, uh, handsets, telephone handsets for the Indian market. And in this interview, he says he regrets that the, and I'm saying this in quotes here, the Apple board removed Steve jobs from the company over the direction that the company was going. It was basically kind of a culture clash between Steve Jobs and John Scully. And Scully was like, okay, there can only be one boss, so we're going to have the board say who that's going to be. And, of course, once they picked uh, John Scully, Steve Jobs resigned from Apple and, and went off and, and did all the stuff that he did, which you know, some of which we'll, we'll talk about here. But as far as, as Scully regretting getting uh, Steve Jobs out of Apple, I, you know, I wonder if his younger self would 
I, I can't believe his younger self would uh, would even feel the same way, even even with hindsight. What do you think? Well, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Isn't yeah, it, isn't it? Isn't it though? <laughs> uh, I don't think there's any doubt that Apple, as it is today, wouldn't be what it is without Steve Jobs coming back. Um. Or even having gone through what it did before yeah, Jobs came back. And him going away, because it probably wouldn't be what it is today, even without him going away. Yeah. Because obviously next um, and what that was created. Yeah, well, you know, like I I, I was kind of looking at the history of, of some of the things that happened uh, after Steve Jobs left and, you know, gave some thought about, well, what would things be like if Steve Jobs had stayed with Apple and had been able to curb his, you know, especially at that time, his massive ego and continue to work in a, a diminished role at Apple under John Scully. Now, after his ouster, uh, Steve Jobs went on to found uh, Next Computers in 1985. And if he wouldn't have left Apple, of course, Next wouldn't have been created, which uh, significantly influenced, in my mind, the the best OS that that Apple has ever had, which is OS ten. And without OS ten, what would have been the basis for devices like the iPhone and the iPad? Mm. What would have been a frightening thought if it was if it was um, uh, OS nine OS based? 9. <laughs> <laughs> my phone, my phone, <laughs> it's crashing, it's crashing. Ah. Oh. Now, on the other hand, Scully was also one of the hardcore pushers of uh, dropping Motorola's 68K processors and joining the, uh, the the Apple, IBM, Motorola alliance that had created the PowerPC. And uh, do you think that Jobs would have agreed to this course, or do you think he might have pushed Mac to go to Intel? Oh, I would have thought he, Jobs probably would have wanted to stay with Motorola. You think you think they wouldn't have even gone to PowerPC? Yeah, well, no much. Well, was of staying with stuff. Well, I know that the original Next computer uh, was actually, I believe, based on the Motorola. It was either the sixty-eight O six O, which Apple never used, or the O eight O, which Apple also never used. So. Maybe, yeah, maybe he would have just said, let's uh, stick with Motorola because transitioning from one processor to another is is a massive, massive undertaking. And Apple's actually done it uh, twice. You know, they went, they went from the 68K to the PowerPC and then twice. Yeah. And then in 2005 switched from PowerPC over to Intel and probably yeah, go ahead. Moving to Intel was such a good move, though, because it enabled so much to happen. You know, with with uh, Windows operating systems being able to run almost natively. Um, yeah. Well, there was the, the, you have to you have to remember that a, a big part of the reason, in in my opinion, why Apple switched over to Intel was that uh, IBM really wasn't interested in speeding up the uh the power pc chips because there was the, they were making most of their sales with power pc chips with embedded devices and with an embedded device you don't really need speed because it's just doing one thing 
all the time. Yeah. So he wasn't able to get like low power, low heat uh, G5 processors, which is why we never saw uh, a G5 laptop. Yep. So, you know, would, I, I kind of wonder, you know, would, would at, or would Steve Jobs have gone along with leaving the 68K for PowerPC? Or maybe he would have even at that point said, you know, why don't we just go ahead and go with Intel? Yeah. Now, Scully, he was also instrumental for the development of the Newton, which for those who don't know what that is, was a personal digital assistant. Uh, and I believe that came out before uh, Palm's PDA did. Now, do you think that Steve Jobs' influence uh, could have either delayed the Newton until it was better ready for release? Or do you think he might have instructed those that were creating it to make changes along the lines of Jobs' own design preferences? I would have thought he would have waited until it was ready because the first Newtons were a bit dire. Um but yeah, well, probably because they were they were pretty good when they finished, weren't they? Yeah, but uh, at that so point, it didn't really matter. No. Yeah, because um, Palm was well established. Yeah. Now, Apple's. Did you ever have a Newton or a Palm? I have played with a couple of them. Uh, the one that I thought was really really neat was that the Emate which was kind of the laptop version of that, of the Newton. Did you ever see one of those? Oh, yes. I think it didn't have a stylus, didn't it? Had a, yeah, it had, had a stylus like right just above the keyboard. And it, it had kind of a, a clamshell design, very similar to the uh, the G3 uh, iBooks, which I always kind of refer to as the, the toilet seat iBooks. <laughs> yeah. And it was this, you remember at the time we had, I think the, the, the iMac, the original iMac had just come out, which was body blue, sort of an off, you know, between blue and green kind of color. Well, that was the same color as these e-mates and it was almost translucent. You could, you know, you couldn't see through it, but you could kind of like, if you shone a light behind it, you would see that light. Yeah. On the, on the other know, side of it. I don't remember if I saw one in the flesh, but I've, I've, I remember seeing pictures of them. But yeah, I don't think I did see one of those. Yeah, R- really kind of a cool device, though at that point it didn't really matter. Um, you know, the Newton, for all intents and purposes, was dead. Um, yeah. Now, Apple's efforts to, right around this same time period, we're talking like mid 90s, is when. Apple started making a push to sell or not to sell, but to allow others to make and sell uh, Mac compatible computers. And part of this is part of what led to Scully being uh, ousted out of the company because he was opposed to it. And, you know, considering how things worked out, he was, he was definitely right. Uh, But what if, what if both jobs and Scully had conceived of a plan to, to do that, to, to have other companies make, Mac compatible computers, but but maybe a lot earlier, before Windows kind of became the default standard in the business world. Do you think that Apple could have licensed the Mac OS and had and been successful if it had been done before there was any you know at that point their real their only real product in the mid nineties was the Mac. They they weren't really selling anything else. 
But if they had done this, say, in the 80s, when they were still selling the Apple II and there was still a lot of money coming into the company from the Apple II, do you think they could have made a, a push to have the, the Mac OS become uh, a, a real competing standard with Windows, with other people making Mac-compatible computers? No. You don't think it would have worked then either? <laughs> Sorry, very long question. Very short. <laughs> very short um, answer. I don't think so because um, cost. Mind you, if they were, I suppose if they were compatible computers, they would be cheaper. But I think under Steve Jobs, I don't think that would have ever happened. Well, so that, that, was probably, that was one of the first thing he axed when he came back when it was to stop all compatible computers. Right. But at the same, you know, you have to remember that, that when Steve Jobs killed off the clones, you know, Apple was bleeding money like crazy because these yeah. other companies were making Mac computers that were just as good or better than what Apple was making for, for less money. And therein lies the problem. You, you know, and this is kind of what, what Microsoft is running into with the Surface. How do you make a computer and how do you make it a, a compelling purchase when so much of your market is looking to spend the least amount of money to get the you know biggest bang for the buck and they're selling computers that are just as compatible as yours for less money? And... You know, I think the Surface has has not done well, and I think that's part of it. And there's a lot of other companies that are making, you know, Windows 8 uh, tablets that are, you know, the the combo. And I I still think this is a losing proposition, the combo tablet laptop kind of thing. Yeah, for less money than what what Microsoft is selling the uh, the Surface 3 Pros for without a keyboard, which cracks me up all on its own right there. Um, the only way that I think Apple could have been successful with having others make Macs would have been if they completely stopped making Macs themselves. Because people, for the most part, if, if you're trying to gain market share by licensing your OS, which is really what, what Apple was trying to do with the clones, you can't compete against people that are making less expensive computers. It just, in the long run, doesn't work. So the only way it could have worked would have been if Apple had stopped making Macs and allowed others to make the hardware uh, for themselves and, and just have the Mac OS beyond them. But we'll never know. Because, <laughs> yeah. Oh, now... Uh, getting away from Apple, and this is going to be the last thing that we'll talk about in this break. Uh, Steve Jobs went on to buy George Lucas's failing uh, Pixar hardware software business for not really that much. And he turned it into one of the biggest animated studios ever. Because originally Pixar was just set up to sell hardware. I don't know if you knew that or not. I didn't know. Yeah, that, that was what Lucas had the original intent for, for Pixar to be. Um, now they got to be so big, you know, once the likes of, of Toy Story and the Incredibles and Finding Nemo and up and all these, you know, classic, classic now uh, animated features that, that Pixar has come out that they did in essence, kind of a reverse takeover of Walt Disney studios 
uh, much like the next team did in taking over Apple. You know, I mean, Apple buys next and all the top people at Apple are pretty much gone within a year. And all the top people at next are, are pretty much running the show. Well, the same thing happened with uh, Walt Disney studios. You know, they go ahead and they buy Pixar, but then, you know, Michael Eisner, he's gone. All of these, all the people that are, you know, a lot, or I should say a lot of the people at the top are all gone, replaced by people that were at, at their, those same kinds of positions with Pixar. So, you know, it's kind of weird how you can, you can make a company spend their own money to, to have you come in and take over their business. (laughs) But I guess the point is that if Jobs hadn't purchased Pixar and hadn't brought in all of the creative talent for for some of the world's you know biggest animated films, like I said, Toy Story and Finding Nemo and so many others, uh, would we see the resurgence of animated movies that we have right now? And where do you think Disney would have been with so many of their own projects in the late '90s and early 2000s that were you know just falling flat? relying on old money to to keep them going wouldn't they without um the, yeah well i just i just kind of wonder you know would we still be seeing you know, and it's not just pixar but you've got uh dreamworks that that's doing a lot of amazing things and now yeah. as as time has gone on because toy story came out in 92 93 something like that so that was you know, nearly 20 years ago, actually over 20 years ago that Toy Story came out and the the software has gotten better. The hardware has become much less expensive and the processes for creating intricate uh, animated films with computer graphics has become much easier than it was when Pixar was was pretty much the only game in town. So, you know, would we see have seen things like, you know, DreamWorks animation with, you know, Shrek and, and so many of these other features and the smaller studios coming out with, with so many great or not. I won't, sorry, I won't say great with other animated, other animated features. And yeah. I, I kind of wonder, I don't think they would because I think George Lucas would have just sold off Pixar for whatever he could get for it. And whoever it was that took him over may not have had the same idea to, to actually use that hardware to make their own movies. That's what I think. So I guess what I'm saying is that for so many reasons, it was probably a really good thing that Steve jobs left Apple because it has led to a disruption of so many of the core technologies that we use today for the better that if jobs had stayed with Apple, you know, maybe we wouldn't have seen so many of these things. You've thought about this a lot. Yeah, actually I have, <laughs> you know, what I may do, what I may do is take, cause I've got quite a few paragraphs in here. In our in our wonderful wonderful show notes, and yeah, you obviously can't tell that I'm just reading from a lot of them. Uh, I I may go ahead and kind of condense these down into an article that I'll I'll post over at my Mac. We'll see. Uh, if you if you know the wonderful, sorry, it's not it's not that long. 
Well, yeah, but I can... This doesn't need a lot of condensing. I, don't I can add a lot to it, though. <laughs> uh, anyone listening to the show, if if you have any ideas or any comments or suggestions based on the conversation that James and I have been having, you know, please let us know. I would love to know what you think would have happened if Jobs hadn't left Apple or, you know, how various technologies might have changed or might not have changed and where you think things would be today. And, you know, we'll let you know in the next section exactly how to get a hold of us and, and let us know about these things. But uh, you can always just go ahead and call us or record some audio and send it to us. And we'll let you know in the next section exactly how to do that. Ah, <sighs> James, I'm out of breath. Can you get us out of here? Uh, it's sure. Stand by. This is another standby. It's a standby, and we'll be. Oh, yeah. Hello, people. My name's Peter Bird, and I am the host of the Deeper Look podcast. The idea behind the show is that we talk to our guests. And we learn more about them, the subjects, the people, the things that shape their lives or the things they're interested in or the things they would possibly want to know more about. Basically, we just like to look a little deeper and see what's there and to learn. If that appeals to you or you like that idea or if even if you have a guest that you think we should try and speak to, then come on by and give us a go. We are part of the Stoplight Network. Is higher than listening figures. The G Men on the MyMac.com podcast. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the last section of the MyMac podcast. And I'm nodding my head. Oh, well, you just jumped right into it. There wasn't even any setup. <laughs> Pitch it. Gases tips. Mostly. Gases tips. Mostly. Gases tips. It's time for Gases tip. Oh, I am so usually so much more wordier than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week's Gases tip is really more of a guy's tip, and it's kind of a cheat because this is going to flow right into uh, what I'm using for my app pick as well. Um, now, as as I've said uh, last week, I am in the process right now of writing a book. And in the past, writing a book meant that you had to find a publisher and the publisher had to agree to print it and then get it into the stores and blah, 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 blah. blah. Well, you don't really have to worry about that anymore. Uh, Self-publishing is here and you can pretty much, you know, it doesn't matter if your book is bad or brilliant and I won't even uh, won't even hazard a guess as to where you think my book is going to be. Uh, <laughs> oh, I wish. I so wish. But thank you. Thank you. I would like to thank the Academy for this award. In order to make ebooks, you can use there are some some really, really good programs to to help you create ebooks. Now ebooks, as I have studied this topic are, are basically not that different from uh, HTML files and, and writing web pages. 
but it's still different. And anyone who has hand coded HTML knows that the difference between what the code looks like and what you see actually see on a web page is so, so very, very different, which is why we have all these great programs to help people create websites, WordPress and the rest of them. Well, you can also make eBooks with a lot of these programs. And I have struggled to find one that works well for me and the way I write. And I found one and lo and behold, it's Apple's very own pages program. Now I'm not talking about the pages program that you find in iCloud. I'm talking about the original application. Now there's something that you need to do first though. And I have a link uh, and it'll be in the show notes for uh, a document <clears throat> from Apple that will kind of help you help you get started. And one of the things that they have you do is they have you download a sample document. And this sample document, once you drop it into or open it up in pages, kind of helps you set up for creating chapters and table of contents and, and all the things that you would typically uh, see in a book or an ebook. And it's, it's so far it's working great. I'm in the process right now of using it to, um, get my, my first, I almost hesitate to call it, a, call it a book. It was a story I wrote a really, really long time ago. Uh, that's, and this story is going to be kind of my test, not so much to see how many people are interested in, in buying or reading the stuff that I write as much as trying just to learn the process. And yeah, as time goes on, I will, I will certainly uh, make it available for anyone who, who wants it, but pages making eBooks with pages is just so easy to do. Click on the link that will be in the show notes. It'll take you all the way through the, through, you know, all the steps that you need to take, get this document that is EPUB best practices Drop that into your pages program and it will just, you know, it's so, it's so much easier to do than, than trying to do it by hand. And, uh, yeah, I'm nodding my head. Hit it. That's the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. That's Most the end of Gaz's Tips. Okay, is that the, uh, the end of the tip? Will you let me finish? Gaz's Tips. Worst um, segue ever. <laughs> when that leads. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, with pages, what does it what does it actually do when it ch- it changes to a to an EPUB? What does it actually do to the document? Does it sort of just give you chapters and linkable? It yeah, it gives uh, you it gives you it gives you all the different chapters. Uh, you can uh, have links in the book itself to different parts of the book. So because I mean, it's not yeah. like the the thing with a regular book. If you want to jump from chapter to chapter, you just flip the pages and you go yep. to the next chapter. With an ebook, it's not See? that easy. So, so also, if you're changing the size of the font, your page numbers are all going to be out as well, aren't they? So exactly. So this keeps track of all of that, and an ebook keeps track. You can make. I mean, if if you could probably do like two characters page if you you know if really wanted to do something <laughs> something crazy like that, but that's all down to your personal preferences. After you get whatever you know the ebook is that you want to read, you can set that up yourself in in the e reader of your choice. You know, whether it's it's an iPad or, or uh, a Kindle or, or or what have you, uh, Barnes and Noble have have the Nook. You know, all of them have ways 
to uh, make the print the size that you're most comfortable reading with because they realize not everybody is going to, you know, have the same eyesight or be able to see characters on a page in the same way. So eBooks are, you know, really very flexible in that way. Yeah. Yeah. So my app pick though is unsurprisingly pages for the Mac. <laughs> not, and this is, I'm talking about the application, not the iCloud version. And uh, if you go over to and oh, darndy darn darn, I think it's uh, I don't have it here in the show notes. I believe it's nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents for uh, pages, the application in the Mac App Store. And I will see as much as that. I thought it was only a fiver or something. Uh, well, I'll find uh, out here in a minute. Dollars, I suppose. Let's see, pages, and we go. It's free with certain. Well, when you when you buy when when you if you buy your Mac, I think it comes on it. But it's nineteen ninety yeah. nineteen ninety nine for you know the latest version of it. Like if oh, you right. if you go for let's say you bought your machine and that machine had uh, uh, Snow Leopard or Lion on it. Yep. When you updated to Mountain Lion or Mavericks or Yosemite, these applications aren't getting updated at the same time. They have new versions coming out. Uh, for pages and numbers and, you know, all the rest of the, well, most of the rest of the uh, the iSuite programs that you got for free when you bought your Macintosh, with the exception of things like iWeb, <laughs> which are just now history. But <laughs> if you want, you know, the absolute latest version of pages, yeah, it's over there in the Mac App Store. It's $19.99. And it's it's honestly, it's a great little word processor. I like it. Yeah, and, yeah. And, I've been using it for a couple of years now. Yeah, and the nice thing is now that they have pages on in iCloud, which is free, you can sync pages, the application with pages in iCloud. So whatever computer I'm on, if if I suddenly bang out a chapter of you know the book or something else, when I get to my computer at home, I open up pages and all that stuff is there. It, I don't necessarily even have to do it on my own computer. Yeah. Yep. So what's your app pick there, James? My app pick is um, uh, SimCity Build It for iOS. Um, since I've had a, I've got a iPhone 6 Plus. Last oh, time. I'm so jealous. Oh, that's lovely. I'm still on the 5S. Um, sorry. Yeah, I had a 4S for three odd years. And uh, so I missed, a, I missed the 5S, which was when I should have upgraded normally. Um every couple of years. Sure. So I waited a bit and went for the 6 Plus, and it's lovely. Because my poor old original iPad is is decrepit and doesn't really do much else than surfing, and that's about it. What, so you have the, the big, iPad? What, yeah, which which one iPad. do you have? The original, first one. Oh, yeah, my wife still uses that here at the house. Yeah, I mean, it's great for surfing and, and general stuff, but you can't, games just, yeah, doesn't. there's no point. It's just so old; it doesn't do any of the any of the new sort of games that I like to play. So uh, having the big screen on the on the six plus is I've been getting back into playing a few games. And uh, Sim City Build it is I'm quite enjoying it. I've never really done many of the Sim Cities and Sims and all these sort of things before. Um, and I heard on it heard about it on the uh, Tech Fan podcast because um, uh, Tim was playing. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I'll give it a go, and yeah, it's great. I'm really enjoying it. I've been playing it for a couple of weeks, I think. Now. 
and um, beating my son, which is even better. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not often <laughs> that you can do that. And no, I think he's given up now. Oh, really? I'm up to a couple of hundred thousand sims, I think, and lots of uh, lots of factories and all the various bits and bobs. No, it's good fun. It's just something to do. Yeah. Well, what 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 are the in-app purchases? What I mean, what what are oh, they basically purchases. giving you? Um, you can buy money, I suppose. Hang on, let me open it up. Um, because the usual sort of thing with Sims, and it's an, it's, I think it's an EA game. It'll turn me in a minute when it's opening up. Here it goes. So you can buy the Sim Simoleons, which is the basically the, oh, the money, right? So you can buy those, but you have to use the Sim cash for that. So you can buy a pocket full of cash, which is three ninety nine. You only get two hundred and fifty notes, and it goes up to that up from there. So you can also buy a huge vault full of Sim cash, which is eighty quid. <laughs> yeah, not doing that. <laughs> Yeah, so and I, I did and I love three ninety nine. Yeah, that, it's good fun, and that lets you just, beat on your son. Yep, excellent, so I've, uh, excellent. I've got a very nice city now, and uh, oh, I've got all sorts of things that need doing. And he'll never catch up. <laughs> <laughs> but it's yeah, it's good. It's a bit of fun, and um, so I've I have paid a three ninety nine because I thought it was worth paying them a bit. Just to uh, say that, yes, I'm enjoying this. Thank you very much. Rather than just playing it, I think I thought it was worth doing. Yeah, I still wish, um, you know, if they would just release the entire game for six ninety nine, I would buy yeah. it and just yeah. not bother with all that stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, there's like uh, uh, Monument, they, they released all their uh, costs of producing the game and the extra levels and bits and bobs um, and how much, how many sales they made and how many pirating things they'd made and uh, or how many people had pirated it or installed it on their other iOS device without paying. But they'd still made a reasonably good amount of money. Sure. What, the, are you like, talking about the older version of SimCity? No, this was... this was, um, uh, uh, I did say it just now. Monument Valley, which I recommended, actually, I think, when I was on here a little while ago. Oh, it must have been um, with Gaz. Think, yeah, it probably was. It was a while ago. I think they they um, I think it cost them something like one point four million to make the the several levels because they did the initial eight levels I think and then they released another six or the other way around. Okay. Um, so it, it 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 cost them something like fifty odd weeks of of production time to make this game, um, and another so many weeks to do the the extra levels that came out late last year. So yeah, it's a lot of money. You know, one point four million. I think that was. Pounds, I think, because they're a UK company. Um, but in sales, they did they did have something like two and a half million pounds worth of sales. So, yeah, they made a million quid or something like that. So they did fairly well. Yeah, I guess that's just um, not enough for EA. Yeah, this is it. Yep. Why don't you read our uh, People's Pick? People's Pick. Where are we? People's Pick. From Serenac Assassin. Our favorite so online assassin. <laughs> my daughter, this is Serenac saying this, just bought Framed, and it's a comic strip puzzle game. Rearrange the page to get the protagonist out alive. Two ninety nine in the UK, no in-app purchases. Yay. Novel and clever. So that sounds good. Yeah. Well, James, why don't you tell people how they can get a hold of you? 
Oh, you can get hold of me by uh, on Twitter. I am uh, actually changed since I was on last, which I'm currently um, at JC Turner, which is J-C-T-U-R-N-R, knocked out the E. Um, or you can email me if you really want to, which will be james at woodpad.co.uk. Um, and, yeah, that's probably the best thing. Yeah, so email and Twitter. Uh, are you on Facebook? Yeah. I am. What about Google Plus? So, Are you a member of our Google Plus community? I am. But, you know, I haven't looked at Google Plus for I, I don't know when. Wow. I can't yeah. Actually, you know, I don't even know if I've actually got it on my phone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I've had I, this since se- September, this phone, and I don't even know if it's on it. Hang on. No, it is on there. That's ah, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Well, you can right. you can get a hold of either Gaz or myself. I'll do Gaz here first. Gaz, you can find... Uh, you send him an email at gaz at mymac.com. That's G-A-Z. Z. And you can reach him on Twitter. Should so I say Z? Uh, you can. Uh, you can reach him on, t- <laughs> on the Twitters at uh, gazmaz. That's G-A-Z. Z. M-A-Z. Z. Z. And uh, you can get a hold of both of us on Twitter. We are Guy and Gaz. That's G-U-Y. What? A N D C and G A Z Z and uh you can get a hold of me at guy at mymac.com G U Y also Mac Parrot on the Twitters. Ah. <laughs> if you would like to contact Fearless Leader Tim and ask him just what was going through his mind when he allowed Gaz and I to take over this show, you can send that to feedback at mymac.com. And you know, James, there is one other way that people can get a hold of us. Do you know what that is? Possibly the Skype number. Yes. Do you know what that number is? Which that's, is that's plus plus one for the area code. Uh-huh. 703-436-9501. And if you apply letters to each one of those, it comes out <laughs> almost sounding like Klingon. And you know, I would You're like a sad, strange little man. I have, I, I have a sad, strange little man. Well, it's actually a sad, strange large man. Yes. Um, yes. I would like to thank each and every one of you from the the heart of my bottom for sorry bottom of my heart for downloading the mymac.com podcast. We to this day are confused as to why you do it. But we are delighted each and every time that you do. And, you know, James, when it comes right down to it, I think that that this show is good enough, that this show is smart enough, and that, doggone it, people like this show. All right, now, yeah, let's, let's hear it. <coughs> me, 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 me. Well, the second word is all right. Gal... James Darlin Sinraya Ned Guy Ned Gaz Gully <laughs> Come on Gob Gob What Gob What Gobby I thought Why a bidin Gwinnit Yuck Thakasing Hyphen Woo Yeah I stuck with Welsh again this week because because I think uh, you claimed that you could read Welsh 
Which, well, uh, I don't know if I claimed it, but I thought I'd have a go. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought you were bragging about it. Um, <coughs> no. Uh, okay, well, in that case, James, there is only one last thing for us to do. Do you know what that is? And... Thanks for downloading this podcast. You can find lots of other great podcasts on the Stoplight Network, like Four Pigs, The Bell Tolls, Geekiest Show Ever, International Film Club, Let's Talk Podcasts, The Casual Heroes Podcasts, Tech Fan, The Deeper Look, The Mac Gist, Nintendo Club Podcast, and Three Geeky Ladies. I apologize for that, but I think you'll find this a bit more interesting. <laughs> I've just got to remember, try and remember what all these um, sound clips are, because I put them in here on Friday. We interrupt <laughs> this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. And then, of course, my personal favorite. Erogenous Zone! Smile <laughs> <laughs> and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Oh, what's that from? Yeah, can you remember? Oh God! Was smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. Was that a was it a Pixar flick? Uh, oh, there you're asking. It was Madagascar. Oh well, yeah. Well, that six of one, half dozen of another. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. that was one of the penguins that said that. Yeah, it was yes. The, the lead, the lead penguin. Yep. All right, brain. You don't like me, and I don't like you. But let's just do this, and I can get back to killing you with fear. <laughs> Perfect. Got my water. Water. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm. I'm actually, and I'm actually not much of a drinker. I, I don't really drink that much, though. Oddly enough, it's just Gaz who's on the sauce every week. <laughs> well, he. Hey, he has to talk to me every week. <laughs> a stranger from the outside. I am Buzz Lightyear. I come in peace. And then there's this one. <laughs> and What's up, Doc? Now that is actually, this sound here, that is actually Gaz and myself burping. I actually recorded us for a bumper. And edited it together. Yeah, and then, and then kind of just took the, the blank spaces out and, <laughs> and just put the burps together. This tape will self-destruct in five seconds. Mission Impossible. I haven't got the music. Dun, 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 nice. dun, 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 dun. As long as you haven't got the Beach Boys, it'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that really sounds like that, that was you. No, that was not me. It does sound like you. Well, it should be. It should have been me. Oh, there I go. Hold on. <laughs> Oh! Now here's something we hope you'll really like. <laughs> I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. <laughs> this tape will self-destruct in five seconds. I should have had some more soundboards here. Oh, I've got... Oh, my God. I've got so, so many soundboards. <laughs> You've got to be a certain age to remember that. Oh, what is that noise again? 
Oh, God. What is that from? There'll be people screaming at their iPods now. Um, is that an American show or a UK show? Yeah, no, it was an American show. Can you give me a decade? <laughs> oh, it's probably 70s, I think. 70s? Oh, uh, Six Million Dollar Man. Yeah. yeah. The Bionic Man, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, I got Steve, it. Steve somebody, wasn't it? Steve Austin, a man barely alive. We can rebuild him. <laughs> we can make him better. Better? Faster. Stronger. Hello? Come in. Uh, now I don't have anything here for Gaz's tips but what I will do (laughs) that should be that's still going like Coronation Street that's been going since I think it might even be the 50s I think really continuously without without stopping yeah it's still going because I know Doctor, I mean, there's been several versions of Doctor Who. Yeah, that's had lots of breaks in between. But I think um, I couldn't say when it started. I think it might have been the fifties. Let's see if I can find it. It's almost like a soap opera, isn't it? it is yeah. yeah. Never watched it myself. But... Yeah, my one of my first jobs in electronics, um, I was working at the. Oh, excuse me. I was working That's at a good place to work. Yeah. Oh, what a great place. Uh, I was no, working at the, at the end of a production line and there were all these ladies. It was basically, it was a, a pacemaker company, heart pacemaker company. And they would make these home units that would have like a little modem in them. This is 1980, 81, I think 80. And so it had a little like 300 baud modem in them and these uh, these things that you would put on your wrist. And that would pick up your pulse information and, you know, things along those lines and would transmit it over telephone lines to your doctor's office. So, you know, you wouldn't <laughs> actually have to come in. As if you're alive or not. Well, I mean, you wouldn't have to go in to have your <laughs> to see if your pacemaker was doing what it was supposed to because they yep. could tell from your pulse, you know, okay, is, you know, this is heart you know, beating it at the right speed, is it beating at the right time, things along those lines. And so I was at the end of the production line and anything that fell out of QC would come to me for repair. But they had all these ladies and these were like discrete components they were putting onto circuit boards, resistors and transistors and, and you know, diodes and all the rest of that. And they worked until they came in at like six and left at three. But from noon until just before they left, they would listen to their soap operas on a, a radio that was able to capture uh, television sound, you know, television audio. Mm. And, you know, I, in the in the 80s, I was a rock and roller. You know, I'm Led Zeppelin, Deep Purple, you know, Pink Floyd, okay. and all the rest of that. And it got to the point where it was like, oh, God, you guys are going to listen to this. This makes me crazy. And, of course, they didn't care. They listened to them anyway. But then I noticed I worked there for like six months. And by the third month, I, I was kind of like, well, wait a second. Carl knew Jenny because Jenny was married to her doctor's nephew. 
you know, and it was like trying to keep track. You know, these these shows that I had claimed I didn't care about, and all of a sudden I'm like, well, well, how could he do that to Carla? Carla was such a <laughs> sweetheart, and and he's just treating her like crap. <laughs> so getting sucked in, getting sucked in big time. <laughs> Fortunately, the company went out of business, so I didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> didn't have to listen to it. Didn't have to listen to it anymore. Coronation first aired on the 9th of December 1960. Hmm. What was the date? 9th of December 1960. Oh, okay. So that was uh, one, two, four, no, three months after I was born. Because I was born on September 9th, 1960. There you go. So, so I, was, I was three, that's depressing. I was three months old when <laughs> Coronation Street started. <laughs> Why am I laughing? I don't know. You've given your age away, huh? Oh, I don't care. And it's it's like, you know, your age if you if you get past a certain age, damn, just be just be happy that you got there. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm going to be I'm going to be 55 years old this year. And yep. You know, it, do I wish I was in my 20s? Sure. Do I wish I still had a full head of hair? Oh, most definitely. But <laughs> the fact that I'm that I'm in my mid 50s, it that part of it doesn't really bother me because you know, for for better or for worse, I'm not really that much different than I was 10, 20, 30 years ago as far as my outlook goes and and the things that I do and and I mean, listen, I, I do this podcast every single week and I, I do it you know, not because I expect to make any money at it because I, I never will. I do it. It's the same kind of thing with writing. When you when you find something that you enjoy doing. Well, then that's what you need to do. If you're doing something that you don't like or that you don't enjoy and you're not getting paid for it. Why the hell are you doing it? Yeah. And I know so many people that are like this that are, are like, well, yeah, you know, I, 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 um, I knit because it's what my grandmother did, you know, or something my grandmother showed me. Well, do you like doing it? No, not really. It's like, or, you know, I, I do crossword puzzles for an hour a night. Why? Oh, it fills the time. <sighs> really? You're doing something that you don't like, or you're doing something that just fills time. God, it, it's like you're, yeah, it's like you're waiting to die. Find yeah. something that you're passionate about. Find something that you enjoy doing. And even if you don't do it well, it doesn't matter. The, or, it, even, or even if somebody does it better than you, even that doesn't matter. You're doing it because you enjoy doing it. It's why I do this podcast. It's why I write. It's why I do half the, the stupid crap that I do that's not involved with raising my kids or uh, you know the job that I do or anything else along those lines. You have to enjoy the things that you do, especially if you're not getting paid for it. Anyway, well, what's that down there? Huh. Looks like a soapbox. Yeah, well, because, yeah. you know, and, you know, my wife and I were talking about this last night because uh, she had read something on 
it was something on Facebook that uh, a friend of ours had, a, you know, somebody in his family who's like around our age that uh, had, because my wife is about my same age, uh, that had passed away. And, you know, I kind of looked at her. I said, well, you know, we're now at the age where if, you know, you're morbid enough to, you know, scan the obits, you're, you know, a lot of the people that you're going to see that, that are dying are our age. Mm. You know, that's, and, you know, whether, whether I fall out of this chair, you know, dead from a heart attack, or I walk out of my house and get hit by a bus, I'm just happy that I've gotten to where I am. I'm I'm just delighted that I've gotten to see uh, my children grow up, that I, I live in a country where I, you know, don't have to worry about the government suddenly kicking my door down and uh, shooting me because I'm not the right tribe or I'm not the right religion or I'm not the right this, or I'm not the right that. And have you moved. Yeah, I did. As a matter of fact, I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> didn't tell the government where I was going. Cause you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm just not right type of guy. Um, but I mean, that's, that's, kind of my outlook where it, it's like every yeah. day I wake up and even, even on days when I have to go to work and, and it, it, it's, it's like, just, just be thankful that you're alive. And, you know, don't, and this is what I tell people all the time when, when I hear people coming up to me and they're bitching about their job or they're bitching about, uh, you know, the, the price of gas going up or, or this or that, or the rest of it. And it's like, you got a roof over your head. You got a car in a garage, you know, your kid's okay, you know, no major health or, you know, problems, anything along those lines. You know what? You got it pretty good. Don't, you know, don't sweat the small stuff. No. Because a hundred years from now, no one's going to give it. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Take a little pleasure every day. Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy life because this is it. 